Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On This Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a rating and a review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Well, the Maple Leafs extend their lead atop of the Canadian division with a 4-2 win over the Habs and a talk about it. I am joined by Dauber Prospects' newly minted managing editor, Tony Ferrari. Tony, what's up, man? Not much, not much. Finished watching a good Leafs win, so I'm happy about that. And yeah, managing editor is pretty sweet. I like the gig. So before we get into this game, really quickly, because I legitimately just got this trade notification, and I want you to laugh just as, as hard as I did when I got it. So, Eric Carlson is not having a great season right now. We can all, you know, attest to that. Not a good year. But somebody offered me straight up Brandon Carlo. Yeah, that's a good deal. Definitely take that, man. <laughs> totally. Like, what? <laughs> what? Brandon Carlo for Eric Carlson. Are you kidding me? Come on. That's terrible. Anyways. That's somebody trying to buy low. That's I, all. That's, that's a all fun that one. is. Uh, that's a quick, swift reject. Uh, but let's talk about... Some hockey uh, tonight. The Maple Leafs with a big 4-2 win over the Montreal Canadiens. Not big as in they played extremely well and dominated, but big as in, you know, they're separating now with the, the Montreal Canadiens a little bit up at the top of the leaderboard. These are the two top teams in the North Division coming into the game. And Toronto getting a full two points this time uh, is, is, is nice. And they used another quick two goals in the third period to win it. They scored two goals in 11 seconds. The other night in Vancouver scored two goals in within, I think it was 42 seconds tonight in the third period to take a 3-1 lead again and end up hanging on to it. But I don't think that should be a recipe that the, the Maple Leafs want to be going with going forward here. Yeah, it's one of those situations where you look and you're happy that they have the firepower to do it. And and I mean, in this game, you're happy they have the depth to do it because it wasn't the stars that scored today. So it it was one of those games where you're happy to escape with these two wins recently. But yeah, there there's certainly some things that need to be fixed. Yeah, and, and you know what? To me, I, this is more of an overarching conversation, I suppose. But look, they they came out, they gave up a goal pretty early. They looked really flat out of the gate. You know, I think the the Canadians came out, played a lot stronger than the Toronto in the first. They picked it up halfway through the game a little bit, and it kind of rounded out, I guess, and became more of an even uh, even game a little bit more towards um, you know the halfway point and then beyond. But the am I reading into this a little bit that this is now two games in a row that they've started off slow? But it's also two games where the leadership that used to be in that room and the leadership that was on that ice and guys like Wayne Simmons and guys like Joe Thornton hasn't been there. I feel like I, I am I reading into it a little bit or do you think that might have something to do with with the slow starts here for Toronto? I think part of it is is the, those guys being out of the locker room right now. And I, I don't think it's so much Joe Thornton. I, I do think he was a, a loss, obviously. Like he's a legend and a guy that everyone seems to love on that team. But I think Wayne Simmons kind of – everyone saw him kind of building it. And I know it wasn't sustainable and everyone's going to complain. Like, oh, his goals were kind of fluky. And, yeah, the first couple were. But 
his last couple were really nice. That that one, especially the other night where he roofed it, he yeah. he's been playing really well. In in you you seen Austin Matthews react to that goal versus how he reacted to his own goal, which was stone faced, and, and he jumped up in Wayne Simmons' arms. He loved it. So that team missing maybe that just that one presence really kind of took a little bit of air out of the balloon, but. I, I think this team's going to be able to fight through it. I think we're seeing the difference between this year's team and last year's team. I don't think last year's team would have been able to kind of fight through and win these last two games, even even if against Vancouver it wasn't the greatest opponent. Do you feel like uh, this team is, is a little more for real now with a win over Montreal in regulation, or do you think that we need to see more of a statement win to believe that they're truly the cream of the crop here in the division? Well, I think watching tonight's game, I, I think everyone kind of look at it and go, okay, these are definitely the top two teams in the division right yeah. now. Um, Montreal played really well. Like Tor- Toronto won the game, but you look at the game flow charts and you look at and no matter which source you use, natural stat track, hockey biz, whatever, Montreal kind of controlled the pace of the game for the most part. And, and Toronto was able to do what Toronto's done in the past, and that's used the skill to get them the win in, in a night that they don't necessarily fully deserve it. But the, the thing I really looked at today when I was looking at the stats and I was looking at kind of the shot charts and everything is, is the high danger chances. They were pretty even throughout the entire game on high danger chances. They got a little bit outshot high danger in, in the second period, but for the most part, they were even high danger chances. Montreal got a lot of chances from outside. You look at the shot charts and they're getting po- shots from the point and from the, from beyond the circles. So you're almost willing to let them out shoot you. If you're going to even up the high danger chances and, and Toronto's skill is just going to score on those chances where Montreal's might not. And, you know, let's not go any longer without talking about the night that Freddie Anderson had. Uh, spectacular once again and kind of stealing another win here for Toronto, uh, which is nice to see. Made 33 saves on the night. Um, you know, I, I think that for him, seeing him give up a, a weak goal early, and I, I mean, I think everybody would is, would agree that that goal to uh, to uh, who's Josh Anderson early in the game is one that he needs to have. But it's good to see that now he's he's gotten to a point where he's comfortable and confident. He's playing with such confidence that doesn't shake him for the rest of the game. Where in the past we've seen like one muffin goal and he's in his own head. But tonight it seemed like you know he allowed that goal and then it was in the past and then he played exceptionally well. There was that one weird bouncing puck uh, that ended up in the back of the net for the in the third period as a second goal. But outside of that, I mean, Freddie was pretty dominant tonight. Yeah, I think this is exactly what we wanted to see from Freddie outside of that first goal. Like, I think everyone in Leafs Nation, you you, you check the pulse of Twitter right after that goal, and, and people were going pretty wild, exactly. and no, no one was happy with it. But like you said, Freddie was able to kind of settle himself down, kind of calm everything down, and let everyone know, hey, he's going to be there to make the save. He made the next couple, even in a, a weird little scramble that was kind of worrisome before or right after that first goal. But he calmed everything down, and that's what you need from Freddie. Because when when Freddie's playing calm, Freddie's one of the best goaltenders in the world, and and I'll, I'll continue to say that. The issue with Freddie is when he gets frantic and when he starts getting all over his crease, and that's like any goalie; they get wild. But when Freddie's on, he's he's one of the best. And if if the Leafs can get him on more often than not, they can win almost any game. And I think it can't be understated enough that there's always been the belief you know, in the past that a, a reason why, like if Freddie Anderson was playing on a team with better defense, maybe Freddie Anderson would look better. He would be a better goaltender. And this year he's finally getting that with Toronto. They're actually playing well out in front of him. Like to me, one of the storylines of tonight's game and, you know, we're going to do our three stars in a little bit, but I thought, I think that that Justin Hall is blossoming into a legitimate top four guy in both ends, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. And I, I'm, on the record as a guy that wasn't a huge fan of Justin Hall coming into the year. And, 
And I was kind of worried about that, to be completely honest. I thought last year was a bit of a facade when and Jake Muzzin carried him. But we look at the play this year, and, and it's almost the opposite. We're watching Justin Hall really blossom, like you said, and just take over that top four role. He's kind of the one driving play a little bit with Muzzin. Muzzin has that guy that he doesn't need to be the one that's pushing the puck up ice. Justin Hall is able to do that. And, I mean, we look at the the times for how much they played a lot tonight, and Justin Hall was two seconds shy of 20 minutes. Like, that's a good night for him. Uh, for me, uh, one of the plays that I loved, and, and you know, we're talking about obviously, you know, gets the game winner as well, scores an absolute. Well, actually, he didn't end up with the game winner because Montreal ended up scoring another one, but got the second goal of the night, uh, his first of the year, an absolute bomb. But the best play of the night that I that that I can recall, I think it was to Foley, was in on like almost a, a break near breakaway um, in the second period, and he comes back. And separates it from the puck, drives him into the boards, and leaves for regain possession. It's like those those plays that we're seeing from Justin Hall now. His closing, you know, just closing those gaps this year is something that I don't think he was doing in the past. I think it's just a confidence thing. Like he believes I can make this play. I'm going to make this play, and then positive results are coming from it. Yeah, he really has been uh, maybe the least best defender overall in, in all three zones this year, and his ability to kind of stay mobile. And he's always been a mobile guy. That, that was never a question with him. It was it was when he was choosing to jump up in the rush and when he was choosing to kind of close gaps and everything. And this year, he's been on point with all of it. Like, there's very few mistakes he's made from the start to finish this year. And, I mean, we're watching this guy really, like you said, blossom into a top four defenseman. And I don't think anyone in Leafs Nation is complaining about Justin Hall being in the lineup now. No, certainly not. Like, he's he's truly, I, he's a top four defenseman. There, there's no way... To, to argue that anymore. I think coming into the year, you just admitted how you weren't the biggest fan. I always said he's a guy who's a third-pairing defenseman who just happens to be playing in the top four with Muzzin just because it worked last year. But I think that was like, yeah, okay, it worked. And I guess it worked because he actually is a top four guy. And now that we're seeing that consistency coming from a night-to-night basis, he's getting that confidence. He now believes himself that he's the top four defenseman. And he's looking he's looking excellent. And, and not just him. I think overall, the team defense, not even just you know defensively, but even the forwards, the back checking is, has been vastly improved this season. And, and you know defensively, obviously, TJ Brody's been fantastic addition to this team. And I think all of that encompassing is really helping uh, Freddie Anderson looks, look a lot better this year than he has in the past. I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. These bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. 
Yeah, I think the big thing you mentioned there is the forwards be looking so much better defensively. And, and the one guy I want to shout out here is is Austin Matthews, and he's been 100%. phenomenal defensively. He, he's going to win. His... He's going to win a Selkie. I, I, I've I've been saying this now for a, about a year, I guess, that this guy is going to win a Selkie one day. Yeah, I, I in his rookie season, I remember watching him play and go, man, there are some tendencies, and I probably have tweets about this guy having really good defensive instincts. This guy reads the play so well. And for Austin Matthews, it was all about his commitment to the defensive game. And we've seen that over the last year, like you said, especially it, it kicked into tenfold in the, in the play-in round. And then this year, he's just been phenomenal. If I'm voting for Selkie right now, I'm looking at him as one of the best defensive forwards in the league with guys like Mark Stone and, and Sean Couturier. And what's scary is, unlike Mark Stone, Sean Couturier, this guy also can win the Rocket. Like, like it's just, it's disgusting how good of a hockey player, an overall, all-around hockey player, this guy really is. It's it's insane, and it's it's crazy that he's in Toronto. Like, Toronto, the, the Leafs, they've had a lot of good players. You know, Dougie Gilmore was a great player. Matt Sundin, a great player. You know, Hall of Famer. But I can't think of a guy who's been so dominant the way that Matthews has been, a top five guy in the league uh, at this point like it's just it's great to have that in the city it's great to have that in the organization yeah like I, I'm I'm a huge Mark Stone fan I always praise Mark Stone I'm always the guy that's t- talking about how good he is and how he's one of the best players in the league and people don't recognize it but I said it the other day, and Austin Matthews looks like Mark Stone if Mark Stone could score 50. And it's a <laughs> terrifying thought because Mark Stone in every facet of the game is just such a dominant player. And if you add the ability to score like Austin Matthews is, it's intimidating because he's doing all the things like Mark Stone is. He's he's dropping to the ice and, and using his stick to break up passes. He's doing all these small things defensively, stripping the puck, turning the puck the other way and moving it up ice. It's just impressive to watch this kid's development. And how about selflessly tonight? Has an opportunity to extend his goal streak and ends up giving the puck to Hyman to score the empty netter instead of trying to keep it, dangle the the whole Canadian's roster himself, which he probably could have done if he really wanted to do. It's not like he doesn't have the skill set to do it. But no, he he wanted the two points, wanted the win. You know, they were only up by a goal, didn't have that big of a cushion, so he sends the puck up to Hyman, who has a little bit better of a, of a, a chance to get the empty netter and ultimately does and puts an end to his goal streak. But... Like just like you said, the overall play of this guy, the selflessness, um, the the commitment to the two way game is really something to see. And we're watching him. You know, you talk about Justin Hall blossoming into a top four. We're seeing this guy blossom into a top four player in the entire NHL. It's it's yep. crazy. It's it's awesome to see. A uh, couple other notes, I guess, about tonight's game. Both Travis Dermott and Ilya Mikheyev. finally getting on the board. Dermott, absolute bomb. Uh, but Mikheyev, how? Good was it to see him finally get off the schneid and score. It, I've been saying for like four or five games, okay, tonight's the night, tonight's the night, tonight's the night. He's got so many opportunities, and today, finally, a garbage goal, probably the garbagest of goals that he's ever scored in his career, but he is finally on the score sheet. He's got a tally in 2021, um, and I think that all it takes is one, and goals come in bunches, and I think that the Mikheyev, uh, the Mikheyev volcano is about to erupt here. Yeah, McCabe's a funny guy because all year I've been like, man, he he's getting chances because all he's doing is taking that puck and just driving it at the goalie and hoping it goes in. And and tonight was one of those nights where he just scored a garbage goal and and, and you go, you know what? Hopefully that gets him off the schneid because he's a guy that likes to shoot the puck. And sometimes you don't love where he shoots the puck from, but he likes to get the puck on net. So when he's scoring, he's way more effective. And I mean, he's just such a pest all over the ice that if he can also put 
put in some offense and, and kind of contribute in that way as well, he becomes so, so much more valuable of a player. And especially with Wayne Simmons out, like he's the guy who now needs to move up in the lineup and, and try and provide that offense that Simmons was giving them. And now it's it's Mikheyev's turn to to play with Tavares and Nylander, and it's nice to see him finally get rewarded with a goal here. Um, but, uh, yeah, anything else tonight that, that really stuck out to you? I think John Tavares, like it was a really under, understated night for him. He only played 14 minutes because he was out for a while after getting destroyed yeah, let's, uh, behind the net there. Let's talk and about it, that after. Go ahead and finish what we were talking about, but I, I do want to jump off that point for a second, but go ahead. Yeah, and I just think he had a really good game yet again. Like you look at him and William Nylander, and, and they both they were, they led the team with three and two uh, high danger chances for uh, each themselves. So it's it's one of those games where John Tavares ends up with two assists. He, he has a really good night, and, and no one's probably going to talk about it because that's just what John Tavares does. He, he's just kind of out there, push and play positively, and, and getting positive results. So. Um, I, I just want to make sure people know, like he's still one of the better players in this team, even if you uh, you attracted to all the flash and, and dash of Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. So there was that worry uh, in the second period when there was that that sequence that play where you know he was darting towards the the net, ended up getting tripped up uh, or fell, I guess, and and took a stick to the face, and then Shea Weber kind of jumps on him uh, and, and shoves his his elbow into the back of his neck and ends up shoving his face down under the ice, drives it into the ice, it seemed like. I don't know if there was that much, you know, like malicious intent towards it, but it didn't look good. And Tavares ended up uh, leaving the game. I I believe it was a concussion spotter who said, yeah, he took a pretty big uh, hit, you know, hit to the head against the ice. Let's evaluate him because he ended up coming back out. So I assume that was the reason why he left the game for a little bit. But something went through my mind, and it was something that I kind of brought up a little bit earlier, and it's, you know, the the lack of presence of a guy like Wayne Simmons. Like, if Wayne Simmons is in the lineup and you have to answer the bell doing a play like that to your Leafs captain, what are the odds that Weber doesn't give that little extra shove to the back of the head and shove his his face into the ice if Wayne Simmons is out on the ice like he normally would have been? I mean, we've watched Jay Weber for years, so I, I think he'd probably do it anyways. Um, but I think the difference is the reaction afterwards. And, and I think Wayne Simmons would have gone in there because, I mean, we look at it and a lot of times people go, oh, well, these guys aren't playing with the stars, so they're not going to be able to defend them. Well, in this case, Wayne Simmons is playing with those those guys right now. And he's been up with Tavares as recently as he's been on the ice. So it would have been one of those situations where Simmons would have come over. He would have had a reaction to, of some sort that kind of created a, a uh, a hubbub and and maybe it wasn't a fight with Shea Weber maybe he doesn't go in there and fisticuffs or anything but he's getting in there he's making it known that hey you can't just jump on our captain like that's not something that you're allowed to do because you, you look at the other guys on on Tavares's line and in I mean anyone that's heard me on this podcast before knows I'm I'm a big Willie Nylander guy but like he's not going in there to defend John Tavares and something like that so it, it's one of those situations where I think you do miss Wayne Simmons a little bit and maybe if he gets in there and sparks something he, he kind of gets things going a little bit quicker after that. But I I mean, it's definitely a loss not having Wayne Simmons in there for that situation. And I guess on the opposite end of the spectrum, a thing that you look at late in the game when they were leading 3-1 and even 3-2, Wayne Simmons not out there, didn't have to answer the bell. Was it Ben Sherratt in game one where he dropped the mitts and it got the Leafs back into it? And, you know, he asked him for a fight and and, and he blocked. Was it it Sherratt opening night? 
Yeah, I think it was Sherrod. Yeah, so the fact that Wayne Simmons wasn't out there to give Montreal the opportunity to, you know, answer that, you know, give uh, give the fight back to Sherrod and, and maybe give Montreal a chance to get back into it, you could also look at that as somewhat of a positive to not having Wayne Simmons in the lineup tonight. I don't know why that went through my head, but I was thinking to my head, I was like, you know, the fact that Wayne Simmons isn't out there to, you know, answer the bell because Sherrod could easily go out there and be like, hey, you owe me a fight. Let's drop the mitts, and that could have changed the whole game. But he wasn't there, so it actually worked out kind of well for Toronto. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I know what you're trying to say, and, and I'm looking at the lineup now, and I'm kind of like, well, is there anyone that could replace him? And and the only guy that I really see that could Bogosian? replace him in that situation, yeah, Zach Bogosian. Yeah, and, and maybe he gets the fight or something like that. But I mean, I'm not going to complain that Montreal didn't try to spark themselves by no. any means. No, no, definitely, definitely not. Like I said, it was just something that. Uh, for whatever reason, kind of piqued my mind here. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's get to our three stars of the game. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano is still with you, the host of this program. And I am joined by Tony Ferrari, the managing editor at Dauber Prospects, as we continue our post-game wrap-up here as the Maple Leafs defeat the Habs by a score of 4-2. to And we're going to get to our three stars of the game. So, Tony, why don't you take it away? Who's your third star of the game? I think my third star of the game, I'm going to give it to Ilya Mikheyev. And we, we talked about him a little bit, but him getting off the schneid, he, he played really well tonight. I, I think he he did a really good job of of just disrupting things in a neutral zone and kind of getting on the forecheck and, and being a guy that was pestering a little bit for the Montreal forwards because there wasn't really a ton of that tonight for the for the Leafs. So um, Ilya Mikheyev, uh, he doesn't have a lot of nights where he can be the third star, so I got to give him the love when he gets it. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and like we said, finally... Got on the board with a goal tonight, first of the year, um, and I guess would be what his first his first goal since 2019 because he got injured I think before they the. Said, yeah, I think they said 416 days. Yeah, so good for Mikheyev, certainly, and you know he's been buzzing for a few games here. He just knew that eventually he was going to score. Sometimes all it takes is a garbage goal where it just goes off your stick or off your butt or off your skate and into the back of the net, and then that just gives you that confidence, that monkey off the back. And I think McKayev uh, got that tonight. And like I said, I expect some more goals to come, not only because he's in my fantasy team, but because I think <laughs> that uh, it's going to happen. Uh, for me, my third star of the game, I had to give it to Zach Hyman. Ended up the night with a goal, uh, an assist, three shots, three hits, two blocks, um, the guy just does a little bit of everything. He's like a, a worker bee out there for the Maple Leafs. Over 18 minutes of ice time. Um, and he's just a guy who just goes out there and plays his ass off each and every shift. Uh, I love Zach Hyman. I love what he brings to this team. And I loved his game tonight. So he was my third star. And something, another 
person out there in on Leafs Twitter also complaining that Zach Hyman was not a uh, three-star of the game on the broadcast. Do you know who that was who complained about him not being a st- uh, uh, one of the three stars? I have not seen that. <laughs> Darcy Tucker complaining on Twitter that Zach Hyman was not a star of the game tonight, which I find hilarious because Hyman's like a modern-day Tucker. So to see Tucks be uh, sticking up for his former workhorse of, uh, of a guy who gets to sit shotgun to these great goal scorers and great uh, great playmakers, I-, I thought it was hilarious. So I said to myself, all right, Tucks, tell you what. We'll toss Hyman as one of the three stars on the Locked On Lease podcast. And that's what I did here. That's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> uh, number two, second star of the game. Uh, number two for me, I'm going to give it to, to Justin Hall. He just, he's like we said earlier, he's blossoming into this top four defenseman. And, and for my money, he's probably been one of the two best defensemen on the Leafs this year outside of TJ Brody. I'm not saying he's better than, T, than, than Morgan Riley at all. Like that, that's kind of crazy to even suggest, but he, he's had a, a bit of a better start and Morgan Riley's struggling a little bit defensively and, and Justin Hall, I think is, is really picking up some of that slack. And I mean, he's showing off all the skills and you can't complain when Willie Nylander is sitting there with the beaver tap waiting for the one-time shot and Justin <laughs> Hall looks him off and scores the goal. Love to see it. Love to see it. And, and Hey, who's my second star of the game too. You know, I, he's, he is really blossoming into quite the player here with Toronto. I'm really excited to see it. And for, you know, pretty much most of the things that you just mentioned, a great game out of Justin Hall. Uh, hats off to you scoring your first of the season. I, I have a feeling if if he's got that bomb in him that we saw here tonight, probably not going to be his last either. I don't know if he's going to score quite in the bunches that I think McKayev will, but uh, I think Justin Hall, I think if I put an over-under at like I don't know, three and a half or four and a half at the beginning of the year. I probably now I'm thinking this guy might hit the over if if that's you know if he's going to play the way that he's playing. Uh, yeah, Justin Hall also my second star of the game, and I assume we probably also have the same first star of the game, Freddie Anderson. Uh, yeah, I think we got to give it to Freddie, especially because like I said, after that one little flub at the start of the game, he was absolutely fantastic. The, the second goal it was literally scored in off of his pad. So you can't even say anything about that one. Really. You'd like the defenseman to clear the zone there, but overall, I think he's just been so steady the last couple of games and really giving the Leafs that reassurance that they need in that. Yeah, he was, he was outstanding stealing another game. That's back to back games that Freddie's had to stand on his head and, and steal while the Maple Leafs kind of picked up their game. A couple of slow starts, but here they are now finally getting things going. Uh, they just, again, a quick like 40 seconds in the third period, and all of a sudden they're up 3-1, and, and now Freddie can kind of sit back and, and finally relax because he's playing with the lead for the first time all game. Uh, but, yeah, making 33 stops for the win. Like I said, allowed that soft goal early, but really shut things down after that. And it's really nice to see him playing with such confidence, especially since you know we haven't heard anything about when Jack Campbell is going to be coming back. Like you remember how excited people were that we're getting a full season of a true backup goaltender. Anderson was going to get a bunch of nights off. And now we're sitting here and Anderson's playing each and every night and nobody has brought up, Oh, where, where's Jack Campbell? I can't wait for Campbell to come back. We need Campbell. It's not even a, a discussion right now because of how well Freddie's playing. Yeah. I mean, I really want Jack Campbell back because I'm, I'm not, super confident in, in Michael Hutchinson behind him, but it's one of those situations where 
I'm happy with how Freddie's playing right now. And if, if you let Freddie get in the groove, I'm not going to complain about letting him play a few games in a row. And even, even you don't want to burn him out, obviously, but let him get in this groove. Let him get comfortable early on and, and see where it goes. Well, I think that is going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs and follow Tony at the Tony Ferrari. Tony, what do you got coming up uh, coming up in the, the near future? Uh, right now we're just working on a few different scouting things. Uh, I've got a player A versus player B piece coming out for the draft, uh, on Friday. But other than that, just a lot of prospect profiles, lots, lots of updates on the website. And certainly go check that out at Dauber Prospects. If you guys want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.